0: I guess the first and foremost, kind of for me, was about three years ago, maybe four years ago. Now we replatformed from Magento open source to Commerce Cloud, and you know our our current team at that time gave us a quote that was pretty high. And then we looked at another group out west, and um, their quote came in well under. Um, and you know I, I vetted them, I talked to them, talked to some referrals, talked to some references, and. Um, Ended up going with the lower quote and, and definitely, definitely paid the price for it. Definitely kind of became a, you get what you paid for, um, kind of situation where the development took way longer than it was supposed to. Once we actually finally got out the door, well beyond when we were supposed to, you know, there were just so many bugs and so many issues and it definitely, I would say set our kind of growth, uh, track back six to nine months.
1: Welcome to DTCWTF, the podcast that delves into the biggest mistakes successful e-com founders have ever made and the lessons they learned along the way. Unlike other startup podcasts, we resent revisionist history and never shy away from the blunders, the mishaps, and the acts of God that nearly destroy a company. Rather, we celebrate these events as learning experiences that ultimately help define founders and their brands. I'm your host, Jake Sukoff. And I was sick and tired of listening to startup stories that glamorize entrepreneurship and leave out all the messy parts. By shining a light on the prevalence of this hardship, I hope to better prepare aspiring entrepreneurs for the extremely tough road ahead of them. So today we have Ian Leslie. He is the Chief Marketing Officer of Industry West. Ian, thanks so much for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. This is a unique opportunity to talk about the failures.
1: Talking about the failures is great. I think people shy away from them, and we live in an age where entrepreneurship is really glorified, and I think that it it does people a disservice to not think about both. You know, there's a lot of challenges. So, I'd love to hear more about you. We were talking a minute ago about Industry West being split between the South and the North, and that's pretty interesting. Can you tell me about how that came about?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, InShuus has been around for about 10 years. We are um, d 2 D2C, B2B furniture brand. Um, got our start uh, in the Southeast. Um, Jordan and Ann, our founders, uh, they kind of um, were sourcing just really small, based out of their home, actually, and fulfilling, like, kind of out of their shed out of a real small coastal city uh, in Beaufort, South Carolina. That's actually where I met Jordan, where I currently live, where uh, my family is. And um, then Jordan moved down to Jacksonville, Florida, started renting a small warehouse down there, kind of upping his SKUs, upping the product mix. Um, And uh, that's so that's where ultimately we're based out of. Is where where we're 90 percent of our uh, distribution is out of uh, out of Florida our ops finance team is out of Florida. Um, a lot of our creative team is in Florida. Uh, but we also have, you know, a fair amount of remote employees. Um, so we have a showroom in Soho, New York city. We've been, uh, open for about 18 months now, um, intermittently recently with COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a sales team that's based out of New York and a, um, we have one remote person actually in Philadelphia, and then um, I myself am still in Coastal South Carolina. Uh, so yeah, I mean we're you know we're, we're uh, an ecom player, and you can kind of uh, be anywhere uh, doing ecom, obviously. So um, that's uh, yeah where we are now. And so about ten years, um, we're still kind of ecoms our bread and butter. Um, you know we've seen um, the segmentation switch a bit over the past nine months with everything that's going on in terms of being much more consumer side now as opposed to more uh the trade uh but you know whether it's the trader it's the consumer everything starts and finishes with our website in that we don't do any uh direct mail we don't do uh trade shows um everything is driven to the website first and then um they will um you know either purchase online or, or contact one of our our sales reps via phone or email
1: So I heard you say when you were introducing the company that you consider yourselves D2C, B2B, which is a little rare in the space, typically.
0: I mean, yeah, I think it always like I always have to qualify what B2B means for us or what the trade is for us. I mean, it's really anything from um, selling to um, mom and pop kind of pizzeria, coffee shop that's buying like 25 stools to, I would say, you know, either internal or external procurement for um, a Google, Facebook, Airbnb, or even like, you know, Yankee Stadium food court Mm. or a restaurant uh, at Lambeau. Or uh, I mean, we've done any number of airport terminals. Um, I mean, so really anything from like like, you know, a restaurant outside the gate at LaGuardia to, you know, a coffee shop with 25 seats in, you know, Ithaca um, really kind of all falls within that spectrum. Um, so that's really what I would consider like B2B or to the trade. I mean, we don't do wholesale. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different of a model. Uh, Mm. then obviously, you know, when we talk D2C, we're talking, you know, straight into the homeowner, um, uh, all across North America, really.
1: Do you have besides the showroom, are there any other retail efforts?
0: Uh, no, not at the moment. We, um, we did have a small shop in, in Jacksonville, uh, no longer the case, but yeah, really. Soho is it? I mean, we were actually talking about you know talking about a, a WTF. I mean, we we're pretty covid we were actually pretty close to opening in LA or at least signing to do one in LA, and thankfully um, we did we didn't uh, at that point. But I mean, I think you know, I think we've it's not out of the pit realm of possibility. Over you know when things start to get a little bit more normal of um, replicating what we've done in Soho. Uh, around other, you know, major metros, whether it's LA or or Austin or Atlanta or, you know, Chicago.
1: Gotcha. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about you and your journey and getting to Industry West. I noticed that you were a reporter for a number of years and you're now uh, head of marketing. Can you talk to me about that (laughs) journey?
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I, uh, That's a funny question. Um, so I, I, yeah, I was a journalist out of school, um, kind of decided to, uh, apply up and down the East coast and wasn't moving home with mom and dad. So I um, got a job in South Carolina and started as like really small time reporter, just doing the local beat, a small County in South Carolina, um, ended up, you know, taking on a role as an editor. And I think, um, I think, you know, for my internships in, um, college all the way through my time, uh, working professionally as a journalist. I mean, I think it just taught me to be a critical thinker. Um, and to kind of, you know, my biggest lesson to me as an, when I was an intern doing a political reporting in, in college was, um, you know, it's, it's to really know what the concept is. Like, what's the concept that you're trying to get across? What's the concept that, um, you know, your person you're reporting on is trying to communicate, you know, what's the bigger picture when, you know, just, just to always think critically of the situation. And I think, um, that and that attention to detail while I was an editor of just, um, having to make sure uh, literally every I was dotted, every T was crossed, um, you know, seeing the process all the way through really just got me to a point where I was, um, able to, uh, understand, like, it was actually like, I I say journalists are like probably the best UAT people, um, because they just understand like what that process has to be like on, on the newspaper side. And just to make sure it's the finished product is, is nearly perfect. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I got out of journalism when print was dying and I just became like a jack of all marketing person, just as kind of social media was picking up. And I, I was doing a jack of all marketing thing for an economic Uh, development group where I was writing press releases, writing speeches, doing digital marketing, um, parlayed that into um, a social media position in higher ed, uh, and then ultimately became head of interactive uh, for um, a university down here in the south where I was leading all outbound uh, digital recruitment efforts. Uh, So that was more of a lead gen kind of role, so the whole um, lead gen translated well into uh, you know, demand gen, um, and, and e com which is where I am now. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, not the most, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's not the most traditional path. Um, and a lot of what I've learned is all by, uh, through experience and through good bosses along the way. Um, and I mean, nothing. You know, I have my, my master's in integrated marketing communications from West Virginia. And, and I mean, I think that was a great experience, but I also don't know that anything you learn in those classes are really kind of mm. what happens day to day now in, in the world of ecom. So, um,
1: but yeah, it's uh, all good. I think that can be said about
0: most degrees.
1: What you're learning in a classroom is rarely what you're going to experience in the day to day. And there's sure. nothing like experiencing it firsthand with Regards to being a journalist first, I think the most successful marketers are people who can properly articulate, like you were saying, a story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, writing is writing is huge. And I mean, I think like you look at um, I don't know if you follow Web, Web Smith, on sure. Twitter, 2 p.m. He's, yeah. Shout out to Web. Um, I mean, he's constantly um, extolling the virtues of, of being able to write. And I think, you know, I um, and Webb does a great job. I mean, his stuff's amazing. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's the first piece is being able to, if you're able to write, able to get your, your message across, able to communicate well. I mean, I think that's uh, that's critical. And the, rest, the rest can come, you know.
1: For sure. So talk to me about your role at Industry West. You think about it as an integrated marketing position. How are you attacking channels? Uh, what yeah. are your successful channels?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I managed, you know, obviously uh, owned, earned, paid, all of it. Um, I mean, I think right now, so much of what we do is is the paid side, um, whether it's you know, we've divested a lot from Google. Um, a lot of it is social spend. Um, a lot of it is prospecting through different channels, whether it's like formally using a Steelhouse or Credio or whatever. Um, you know, I think on the earned side, we've definitely raised our game uh, in terms of product placement, in terms of some of the initiatives we're taking on, whether it's, um, supporting, I you know there was this amazing concrete 3d printing, uh, uh, this group is 3d printing concrete homes, foundations or actually home structures, uh, in Texas. And we kind of, for the, uh, for a homeless community, we were kind of donating there and not because like, we're trying to do it for the attention, but just really, um, that's something that is the kind of the foundation of who we are. But I mean, I think we've, we've definitely that's raised awesome. our game, raised our game in terms of the earned piece and, and being in Soho has lent us a, a fair amount of credibility. That's allowed us to kind of, like I said, raise the game on the earned media re- earn media piece. Um, I mean, I think so much of it is, you know, we're still such a small player, um, in this vertical that there's so much runway, um, in the uh, earned or, or, or in terms in, in the paid, you know, in, in an awareness piece that, um, and I think this is kind of uh, interesting in terms of you focusing a lot on, on startups is that, and, and um, we are bootstraps, so um, we don't have a ton of runway in terms of using um, a lot of venture cap money and pushing mm-hmm. that all toward marketing, you know, and being able to wait six months. And I'm not saying that uh, venture cap is, you know, um, an endless spigot of money that you could just use to to create demand, but it, it does help. <laughs> and um, and when you're bootstrapped and every dollar has to return eight and do it within you know ten days to two weeks, um, you it's a bit more finite in terms of the money you're about, about, uh, able to spend. So. You know we have done more a little bit more print recently because print rates have come down Uh, print Mm. isn't something i typically do but because of covid i mean we've been able to get some good deals and be in some pubs that um we normally probably couldn't afford so i'm going to think it's important to kind of explore all channels but um but definitely um you know for right now you know social is our bread and butter and being able to kind of do real well on instagram and we have a great product we have great photography and it resonates and we're seeing You know, really good returns. I want to go a
1: bit deeper into your talking about utilizing print because there's an opportunity there. And I always find it interesting when I'm talking to marketers about needing to take advantage of opportunities that exist for you, right? Are there any other aspects where you know if everybody's crowding into social at once which is happening cpm's go right. up and it's going to be a lot more expensive right. to advertise right. there are there any other channels that you've leveraged because of the opportunities
0: yeah i mean i think um it's a good question i mean i think. Um, so, I would say, like, at, at, at a high level, I mean, it, to your point, it's important to look at the opportunity. So, like, when we looked at January, February, um, or probably February, March, you know, CPMs were at an all-time low. And it was an important time to, if you could, to keep spending, you know, it, even if people weren't going to buy right then, and, and they actually did, and we saw come, you know, really explode for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just as an awareness play. Um now, uh, like we talked about, I mean, print, we saw some opportunities there and some to take advantage of some, you know, lower rates. I mean, I think um, I think similarly, like I just said, you know, I just said like, hey, we don't do direct mail. Well, you know, maybe there are opportunities there as rates come down and as you know, um, less people in that space, uh, maybe we should be doing a little bit more direct mail and it's something we've always looked at. I mean, if, if nothing else, like we've talked about utilizing our CRM to, you know, to uh just include direct mail within the uh com flow. Uh you know we are on Salesforce and we're able to kind of make that a trigger within the com flow where we're sending out a print piece via a vendor uh when we get a new a new sign up or whatever. So I mean that's something we've looked at as well. Um so I mean I think um yeah, I mean I think we're we're kind of open to everything. That's a I'm I'm always quick to uh quick to to try something out, quick to abandon it. Um so um like I've been through four or five dev shops in six years. So, I mean, no one's uh, <laughs> accused me of being, you know, slow to react. Um, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's anytime there's opportunity, I'm always willing to, to look at it. I mean, nothing at the off the top of my head at the moment. But
1: And I've committed a huge faux pas. I didn't let you tell everybody what is Industry West. For those who don't know, can you give us a, a really quick you know, 10-second oh, yeah. rundown? No, or- you're good. I think I did.
0: Um, I mean, we, BBDC Furniture, uh, pretty sure I said furniture, uh, but we are retail uh, furniture uh, company. We used to say mid-century modern. I mean, I think it's well beyond that now. Um, we are, um, a lot of our stuff is we work with vendors all around the, the world and are typically um, one of very few uh, U.S. distributors of, of a line or of a product. And our big thing is really trying to find, um, just try to bring trends to the states first mm. um, and are, you know, been a little bit uh, more difficult uh, as we can't travel as much, but really trying to go overseas, see what's trending, see what's, you know, what's next, whether it's, you know, cane and rattan, which we were really first to market on in the states and it's become so hot. Um, you know, just different, um, different colors, different materials and trying to uh, figure out what's what's on trend and, and truly really try to bring it to the States first and are looked at as a, a leader in that while also, um, providing a lot of, you know, interesting colors and seating options for restaurants and bars and just different, uh, office spaces around, uh, North America. We've done, like I said, Facebook, StubHub, uh, our SeatGeek, rather Facebook, SeatGeek, Uber, Airbnb, um, man, like we've done so many, uh, You know, a lot of the SaaS companies that work with us, we've actually furnished their locations. Um, I just saw an order come in for a Bonobos showroom. Um, So, I mean, we've really, really, I always tell people, chances are you've sat in one of our chairs and didn't realize it. But um, but really, who knows the name of half the furniture they sit in anyway. So Totally.
1: So you mentioned earlier, you know, you guys are still relatively small when compared to the big folks. So when you think about, Companies like Restoration and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. West Elm, CB, whatever. How, yeah. are you, how are you thinking about competing with them? Are you thinking about competing with them?
0: Yeah, I mean, Restoration and West Elm and Wayfair, um, I mean, you know, I feel like West Elm and Wayfair are on a lower end of the scale than we are in Restoration, just in terms of price point, and then Restoration is as at as a bit higher end than we are feel like we're in a middle ground there in terms of a aspirational brand, a luxury brand to an extent, um, and we are selling generally, you know, $2,500 sofas, not $700 sofas. Uh, you did, you're typically not, you know, putting your shelves together <laughs> when we send it to you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm mean, going to think we're, we're a little bit different there. Um, so I'm mean, going to think to say like, are we competing with them you know i just got i was actually working chat last night and someone asked like well i see these very similar chairs on a different website like how are you different and i was and and they're cheaper on the other site and i was like well i mean it's it's quality and it's it's warranty and i think ours goes above and beyond so i think that's where we we try to differentiate and compete um you know it's it's a it's a big vertical it's getting bigger it's yet it's still a relatively young vertical in terms of e com furniture. Um, so I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, bandwidth and a lot of uh, room there. Um, I think uh, it, it's not easy. <laughs> um, I mean, like it, it took a pandemic for for Wayfair to actually start turning a profit. Um, you know, we typically are profitable three out of four quarters. So I mean, I think like it's it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult and I think I, to be frank, like, I, I don't spend as much time thinking about our competitors as much as I think about how to optimize our own uh, processes and channels and spend to make sure that we're uh, growing and, pro- and and trying to maintain profitability.
1: Yeah, it's that uh, fine line between trying to worry about your margins and growth from that end or yeah. worry about the, you know, the brand and how it's aspirational yeah. and and. Promoting the luxury end of it, which you know, yeah. where if you're in the market that you're in, you don't want to compete on price because sure. the moment you do, you're devaluing yourself. Sure. So let's dive in a bit. You, we were talking a little bit earlier about a couple giant mistakes that you guys made that resulted in some key learnings. Why don't we? Yeah. Uh, why don't we start with one?
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, I the I guess the first and foremost um, kind of for me was about 3 years ago maybe 4 years ago now we replatformed from Magento open source to Commerce Cloud um and you know kind of sent that out for some quotes um and landed on well we were with our current um our current dev team gave us a, well, not, I mean, sorry, our, our current team at that time gave us a quote that was pretty high. And then we looked at another group out West and uh, their quote came in well under. Um, and, you know, I, I vetted them, I talked to them, talked to some referrals, talked to some references and um, ended up going with the lower quote and, and definitely, definitely paid the price for it. Um, yeah. Definitely kind of became a, you get what you paid for. Um, kind of situation where the development took way longer than it was supposed to once we actually f- finally got out the door well beyond when we were supposed to, you know, there were just so many bugs and so many issues. And it definitely, I would say, set our kind of growth uh, track back six to nine months um, and having us to kind of re- recoup gains and and just kind of um, redo a lot of the dev work. So. Um, you know definitely taught me that you know you, you do get what you pay for and just to be careful in that regard um you know but the, the learning experience out of it, it was again like i knew like i was just trying to get across the finish line with this dev team and i knew that once i did it like they were gone mm-hmm. um so i was already vetting new dev teams to kind of take up the um take up the project once we went live and and You know, second time around, I landed on a great group um, who, you know, we've now been with for three years uh, in something digital. They're, you know, uh, based out of New York. Um, And, um, you know, so going through that process and kind of learning from a mistake and then kind of finding a new team and really understanding like, okay, this this is what I should have been going after and this is what the process should look like. Um, you know, I was able to learn from that and find a team that I really trust now and, and love working with and that we've, you know, have since, you know, rethemed once, have launched a sister site with them, about to launch a third site with them. Um, and uh, just, yeah, do great work with. So I'm mean, going to think, uh, definitely didn't, you know, uh, cry over spilled milk and didn't, you know, just like, you know, oh my gosh, what I do it was just like, all right, let's get past it. Let's Uh, let's figure out how to fix it and and move on
1: so bring me back to that moment were you the one who was responsible for making that call and what was the reception like with your with your you know the founders the c-suite yeah
0: yeah i mean i think i'm in a great situation where um the founders you know we're friends first and foremost uh you know we are a relatively small operation and and they trust me and it's like all right well um it's, it's really just conversational. You know, there's no pitch. There's no like, Oh, here's a deck. on like, why we need to make this move or why we're cutting bait or whatever. It's just like, all right, here's the situation we're in. It stinks. Um, you know, my bad. (laughs) Um, and, um, but this is how we're going to fix it. And this is, um, we'll come out the other side. And, and I, I would say like we've come out the other side. Well, I mean, now, I mean now year over year, um, Again, we're a couple of years past this, but, you know, 2020 over 2019 month year to date where web is up 60 percent, our web revenue. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's ahead of Black Friday. Um, and I just think, uh, yeah, you know, would you, I didn't take time. I mean, was I frustrated? Was it a difficult time? Was it incredibly frustrating? Like, certainly. Um, but, you know, did I stop to, you know, just you, you can't just stop. You know, there's mm-hmm. you just can't, um, and so uh, yeah, we we got through it and was all it was all worked out.
1: I think you put it perfectly already. You know, you get what you pay for when you yeah. are when you are trying to save money in areas that you likely shouldn't. Uh, sure. You know, spend spend the money on your tires, right? Make sure that uh, yeah, they, they're going to get you there safely.
0: Right. I think it's you know also you know dev is hard. It's not easy. You know, like that's definitely a place where you especially you're running 5,500 SKUs and, 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 we, and your websites, you know, this year are, we're, we're running an eight figure website. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to spend money on, on that for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And how has, is, how, is, how has, it been working on Magento? You know, Shopify is obviously the darling of today and sure, you don't hear yeah. nearly as much about Magento.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a, a Magento fanboy. Um, I think it's, it's not easy. It's, it, it's, um, I think it's I'm trying to be diplomatic about this. <laughs> um, I've had a few instances where I've met people on Shopify and I will, or who, who are utilizing Shopify stores and, um, and I will tweet them or email them and then they're like, Hey, let's talk. And I'm like, Oh, cool. like I'm going to talk to these guys running a real cool shop. Like, I'm sure he's got his stuff together Again, get on the phone. And I'm like, he does not have his stuff together. And, um, and I don't know that that's a good thing. Like I you don't think that's know
1: a, that's cause of the platform,
0: right? I don't know that it's a good thing that there's a platform that makes it so easy for people to look like they have their stuff together. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's good in terms of where e-commerce is going in terms, of is it going to ultimately create mistrust uh, for the consumer? um but uh yeah i mean i think is magento a little bit more difficult to use like without a doubt like it it takes some skill it takes a a bit more dev chops um i think we run a level of complexity in that we're running uh soon to be three uh store views off our magento back end along with wow when we do have soho open we're also running our pos so i mean i think we're, we're fully utilizing um what we're paying for um and then plus the complexity of of our SKUs and kits and all that sort of stuff um but yeah no i mean it's by no means is it easy i mean i think if if you have a but i mean i i, I guess i just see it i've almost starting to to see shopify as like hey i have people who are like any small town like i live in where it's like Oh, I build websites. Well, no, you don't build websites. I mean, come on, like you build a Squarespace site or like you're building a, a Wix site. Like, and that's almost like it's become too easy. And mm. um, I don't know, Trying, try not to be on my soapbox too much, but.
1: Preach, man, preach, that's what we're here for.
0: <laughs> yeah, word.
1: So that was a great one. I love that takeaway you have to be thoughtful about the investments that you're making. You have to understand if it's going to be something that's affecting your infrastructure, it could bring your whole business to a grinding halt if you haven't made a a thoughtful decision there. So I think that's a really great takeaway. Uh, And knowing when to make that change and when to make the, you know, the pivot, you know, it's, it's important to recognize sunk cost. And when it's time to move on, there's nothing you you can do to change the past and just look to the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt.
1: You mentioned there was uh, another area that was yeah, ripe I mean, for a... Uh...
0: Yeah, I don't think as big, but I mean, we did. So we were getting into uh, offering a lot of smaller accessories on, on Industry West. And um, suddenly, and, and those did real well. And we were seeing it as as um, kind of a gateway into the brand, or maybe someone couldn't buy a $2500 sofa, but they could buy this $50, $50 candle holder or whatever. Um, and it was great. And I feel like it, it, it gave us a new audience. Um, but then it seemed like and I don't know if it's like an algorithm thing or if it's like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all the algorithms are seeing like, OK, this is what's converting. So this is all that we're really going to show. Um, and like suddenly that's all we're selling is, you know, the. leather ice bucket. Um, and we're not selling $2,500 sofas anymore online. So definitely was concerning and our AOV definitely took a, a tumble. So like, you know, what we decided was we definitely have are striking something here in terms of the, um, in terms of accessories and pushing accessories, but maybe we should just split it off into a sister site. So what we did was we launched, um, about, uh, last, not this past spring, but spring 2019, we launched, uh, favor. So it's in favor of.com. Uh, and that's become our sister brand where we kind of moved a lot of these smaller items to uh, a lot of working with makers, um, kind of uh, trying to source from, from artists and makers around the world. Uh, but it's definitely struck a chord. I mean, that, that brand is now, I mean, year over year favor is up like 250% or something rev wise for ecom um so that's you know starting to grow uh and it allowed allowed us not to muddy the industry west brand um and kind of stay true to now what we have in two unique brands which is which is real interesting and and i think um has been fun yeah it's totally different animal and um different voice and but again like we didn't like we were we were onto something, but we saw how it was maybe negatively impacting our web sales. So it's like, how can we take this, this negative and turn it into a positive? Um, and, and we did in terms of launching what's a, a cool cool site, a cool brand.
1: I love that. I also, it also makes me think about, you know, when we're talking about conversion optimization and engineering good websites and making sure that they are performing the way they're supposed to. Your website is your number one marketing tool. It's supposed to direct consumers to do the things you want them to. And by bringing in these new products that were lower price, that's what you're presenting to people, right? You're you're putting them in their mind that Industry West isn't necessarily the place to come for this product. Sure. It's the place to come to for all sorts of products and then right. you know, then it turns into almost people are looking at it like it's an anthropology like, "Oh, I can get multicolored feathers to stick into a a pot in the corner as opposed to super high end luxury furniture. And that's what that's what you need them when they come to your website. Maybe they need to come a number of times before they purchase and that's okay because the point is just to be there like
0: I think that's fair. Like you don't want it. We didn't want to become, you know, Wayfair where you can buy anything from a sofa to a foosball table. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not the point. Uh, and yeah, I think maybe we were getting there a little bit with all those new items and candles and, and all this stuff. So, I mean um, all great products, but just not necessarily the right place for them. Um, and yeah, so we, we built a place for them. So uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. My favorite websites by far, are the ones that are, very simple and straightforward. It's tough for you guys. You have a lot of SKUs, So it, it's, you. you need to be able to present those in a, a number of different formats and allow people to Sort and segment and find different categories but the ones that are very simple that you can find just the thing that the brand wants to be defined by and then click it and purchase are yeah. often incredibly successful because you know, there's a very clear call to action yeah. by the sofa rather than browse the sofas and the well i mean again you guys have a lot of skews but going to your other point browse the vases and the trays and the you know the bar carts and what have you
0: yeah of course yeah
1: awesome well ian i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us where can people find industry west and favor stuff
0: yeah, sure. Thanks for thanks for uh, the conversation. It was good. Yeah. So, Industry West, of course, online industrywest.com, and then uh, we're at infavorof.com. And if you're in New York, um, we do have uh, our location at 14 Crosby Street in Soho. If you uh, go to our website you'll find uh, somewhere where you can make an appointment right now we're doing by appointment only but uh, yeah good good time good conversation appreciate it tell us what is
1: one the one thing that you're looking forward to most over the next six months <laughs>
0: um, I'm looking forward to some return to normalcy um, but I think what I'm looking forward to is I uh, I'm looking forward to continued growth in our e-comm side, but for a reduced share of overall revenue. So I think, um, I think e-comm is going to continue to be strong and grow, but I do look for, hopefully come 2021 um, we're seeing more sales come through, uh, through our reps, through people coming in the store and and hopefully us being able to kind of even spin off another retail location.
1: Awesome. That's all right.
0: Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Thanks.
1: This episode of DTC WTF was brought to you by Uppercase Brands. Uppercase Brands is a technology-backed e com agency that's offering bold solutions for brands rated at 10x their growth. As a busy founder, your job is to focus on getting your products into the hands of the people who love them. Let Uppercase focus on building your website and acquiring customers. Built by former Facebook and Google employees, Uppercase Brands has deep technical experience and is always focused on what's most important, building sustainable growth engines to increase their clients' revenues. They specialize in custom Shopify development, paid ad management, and conversion optimization. In an effort to give back to the Shopify community, Uppercase is picking one lucky merchant to build a full suite of Facebook and Instagram ads for. Apply by visiting www.uppercasebrands.com slash dtc wtf. Again, ww.uppercase with an slash dtcwtf. Again,